Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. You're watching the Non-Corporate Network. My name's Chaz Vandemotter. I'm joined by my amazing co-host. Dustin Trout. Uh, and this is Fill in the Blank. It is an ESPN-style show where we are coming at you with the, the most trending small business stories of the day. Uh, we debate these topics for three minutes each, so we won't spend your entire morning but uh, hopefully we'll bring you up to speed on some important stuff that is going on in the world of business, how it relates to you as a small business owner. Welcome. Uh, we're happy to be here. Uh, you know, I feel like we were just signing off and it was Monday and we're already a Wednesday. Things move quick. Dustin, you got anything you want to add to to the uh, intro before we get into it? Yeah, no, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I mean, as mentioned, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going live and uh, they seem to get quicker in between each time and each episode seems to go quicker and quicker. So hopefully that means we're, we're, we're on the right track. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit about, uh, some of the stuff that we got. It looks like we got some pretty juicy stories. Um, so yeah, without further ado, if you're grinding, you're hustling, you're with us. Uh, don't forget if you have, uh, something you want to add, if you have a story you want to bring up, throw it in the chat, we will, uh, debate it live. That's what we do. Cool. Let's dive right in. Um, so our first story, um, you know, there's been so much talk about the PPP. Um, businesses are finding out that rules are kind of being figured out after the fact. And there's a lot of small businesses that are going to be on the hook for a lot more debt than they thought. Um, basically, a lot of the the loans aren't going to be forgi forgivable. And so it's kind of what was meant to to help the economy might actually bring it down here soon. Um, I mean, I know I've dealt one time dealing with uh, stimulus back in 2008, first time home buying, and it 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 wasn't good. And so ever since then, said never never take any loan. But I mean, what are your thoughts on on how this is all unfolding? You know, usually I say, hey everybody, make sure you read the fine print. But the problem is there wasn't any fine print written when this came out. You know, I think the biggest thing is that. Uh, what people are seeing is that about 75% uh, of uh, the funds are supposed to go to uh, payroll, if not more of those funds. And so people trying to spend those funds on rent or on other necessary expenses are realizing that that's not what was the PPP was supposed to be for is a paycheck protection program. And so uh, this stimulus is specifically for payroll. It isn't for any ancillary expenses. And, you know, it'd be one thing if uh, people were educated about the topic going in. But I think, like you mentioned, because we kind of just threw it out there and tried to push some legislation through as quickly as possible. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be left on the hook with big interest rates and uh, no way to pay back the money that they thought was going to be forgivable. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to, I think our last episode where we talked about, it seems like a lot of this is just being shoved out there, which I mean, I, I get it. We need to yeah. uh, get money into the economy and stuff like that, but it's never good whenever you dump trillions of dollars into something and then think about how it all works after the fact. I mean, it's just completely backwards. And, uh, you know, I yeah. feel bad for any, any business that took it and uh, wasn't fully aware of kind of what's uh, going on. And, and, uh, you know, it's going to be on the hook. I mean, I, what was the average loan amount for 50, yeah, $60,000, but I have a direct quote here from, uh, uh, representative of the ICBA, the treasury and small business administration, uh, board. And he says, 
Now that over 500 billion of these loans have been approved, we're really focusing on the forgiveness phase. And the forgiveness phase could be 10 times more complex than the initial program. So they, like, they came at it with this headline of like, oh, these loans are gonna be forgivable or 80% of it's forgivable. And that was the big headline that caused a lot of people to move on this. And then we find out that the forgiveness part isn't even part of the triple P. The, the triple P is the loan itself. There's no forgiveness with the triple P. They could pull the rug out and go, none of it's forgivable if they want to. And so I, I think it's I, I think it's ridiculous. Shame on the government for uh, especially with small business owners that are having problems to be kind of what seems like they're kind of uh, like swooned into this and they didn't understand going in uh, what what the fine print said. You know, I think it's uh, it's a shame. Yep. We'll see how it evolves as uh, time goes on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, getting into our next story here, uh, a theater chain's unusual pivot launching a streaming service of its own. So a Texas um, movie theater called the Alamo Draft House has announced that they are starting their own streaming service. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think this is interesting. I think that, uh, you know, businesses have had to figure out how to pivot quickly, figure out how to create complementary products to their own. And so I think it's interesting to see uh, some of these creative pivots. I mean, the, the, the lowest hanging fruit is like, you know, the restaurants being able to deliver. But, you know, outside of that innovation, uh, we haven't seen much. So, yeah, what do you think about uh, Alamo Drafthouse's uh, idea and, and others in terms of uh, small businesses innovating? No, I mean, I, I do like the pivot. The the one thing I do like about all this that's going on is it's forcing innovation and thinking outside the box. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we all have so many different streaming services. Why is this going to be any different? I mean, I could see where it could be good if, if you're allowed to stream what would be in theaters and not have to go to theaters. Um, I mean, I'm, I would, I'm sure that would be a hefty uh, monthly subscription fee. I mean, 50, 60 bucks probably. Um, but I mean, that's the only way I can see that they're being added value. I mean, if there is no added value, it's like, why just add on more dollars, um, to my monthly, um, outgoing monies. And, uh, from there it's, it's, yeah, why would I just go with anything else? I think it's interesting because back when I was in middle school, we would go and sneak into movies and be at the movie theater for like 10 hours a day. And they'd kick me out. And now it's like they want me to watch all the movies in the theater all back to back on the streaming service. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree. I think that it's uh, it's going to be hard to uh, to play ball in that arena. And I'll tell you, the big thing is that 80 percent of Americans are, you know, at risk financially right now. And for that reason, I think that we can't just make this claim as businesses of, Hey, like support us. And, you know, people mm -hmm. don't have the money to spend. It's not a charity. Uh, everyone's trying to figure out how to support themselves. So don't think that just because you put a product out there, the people are going to buy it just to help you. Uh, but I do think that there are a lot of uh, pivots that are within arm's reach of something like a movie theater. I saw Harkins has got their own line of popcorn out in uh, in grocery stores. And so I think if you can come up with complimentary products that are already kind of in the awareness and selection set of a, a business as it is, uh, that it can be a, a way to increase some revenue. But, you know, I'd take it with a grain of salt for sure. I mean, if they, if they did something where it wasn't even a subscription where maybe you pay $20 and then you can stream it. I mean, it's almost the same cost as taking out a family and now you can have a home cooked meal. Um, but at that price point, you could probably get a lot more people across the globe um, or even the United States to actually purchase and, and watch the film 
ultimately increasing your overall revenue and and then not having the overhead of a theater i mean if they want to get rid of that entire um side of things but i think it could be good depending on how they actually roll it out yeah Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, looking at our next story, Elon Musk set to uh, save billions in taxes if Tesla moves its headquarters to Nevada or to Texas. Uh, you know, this is interesting. I think uh, obviously Elon Musk is always in the news and usually it's controversial. Uh, but uh, as of the last few days, um, he's actually taken a stance against the California government and gone, hey, I'm going to start producing cars in our Tesla factory and you're going to have to come and arrest me if you want to stop us. But what do you think of the stance that uh, Elon's taking on this? And is it something that uh, you think uh, is relevant for more than just his business uh, as it relates to, you know, these giant corporations and where they're headquartered? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, here in Arizona, we, we've seen an influx of people moving their headquarters away from California over to Arizona. Like, It, it doesn't make sense to me to operate or be headquartered in a state that is one of the most heavily taxed um, areas. I mean, if he saves billions, I mean, how much more could be uh, dumped into the company, whether it be workers, worker safety, R&D, whatever, marketing, whatever it may be. I think, uh, I don't know, I think there might be a huge rise in uh, not so much the downfall of California, but just Silicon Valley, all that type of stuff. I, I think People are going to start leaving. Yeah. I mean, it just costs too much to operate a business there. Um, and it's well, going to help out so many other states. And, and I know there's a lot of states that are rolling out huge incentives to uh, to get people to move their headquarters to their their state. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I think that the housing is another thing. I mean, companies like Google, Apple, they're actually creating sustainable housing projects for their uh, employees as a way to drop costs even lower for them. And so I think that, you know, this goes further and wider than just, hey, the business is here. They're bringing in huge amounts of tax dollars. They're bringing in huge amounts of people and uh, they're creating huge amounts of jobs. And so I think it is a kind of ripple effect. But I'm looking at a, a tweet that uh, Elon put out on the 9th that says Tesla's filing a lawsuit against Alameda County immediately. He unelected an, in, an ignorant interim health officer of Alameda is acting contrary to the governor, the president, our constitutional freedoms and just plain common sense. So I think that, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. I wouldn't want to be the guy that's responsible for uh, get it, for running uh, Elon Musk and Tesla out of town. But uh, interesting to see what's happening at these businesses taking a stand. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to continue to be a trend of relocation. Yeah. And I think everything that's happening right now, like I've been saying just about how I think this is all going to create a shift from tradi traditional marketing over to digital. Same yeah. here. I mean, everyone is auditing their balance sheets, what's going out, what's coming in. And, and I mean, if you could simply just pick up and move locations and save billions of dollars, I mean, that's, that's a huge line item, um, that could be carved out. I mean, there's, there's tons of cost savings. So I think it'll only pick up. I mean, I know recently just saw here next to Tempe town Lake. I mean, DoorDash, uh, a couple, two other companies just recently moved. So I think, I think it's only going to trend in the, in the, in that direction. Yep. Agreed. Awesome. Next one. Uh, okay. Yeah. So next story, um, Trump, uh, Donald Trump has released a plan. This hasn't gone into effect yet. Uh, but, uh, it would let workers take social security benefits early in exchange for reduced payments later, um, up to $5,000 that they can take out. Uh, 45 million Americans depend on um, Social Security. They're drawing an average of about 1500 bucks a month. And so this is interesting. 
Uh, essentially, you could draw up to three months of your Social Security payments right now, but it will delay your payments uh, in the future. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it kind of reminds me of the story we just talked about, the Triple P, where people probably aren't informed of the real repercussions of this until after the fact. But yeah, what do you think about this? What do you think uh, the adverse effects can be of this happening? Yeah, I mean, people are just impatient. They see five grand and sweet, let's take it and uh, go use it. But I, I mean, as you mentioned, it's going to push back when people can actually uh, pull pull their money out down the road, which as you get older, it's going to be harder to work. So you're not going to have income coming in. And even then, the value of a dollar is probably going to go down. It's not going to equate to what it is now. So I mean, yeah. sure, it's going to stimulate the economy now because people are probably going to spend it. But I think it could create some negative economics down the road. Um, it'd be interesting to see how many people take it out and then invest it and ride the the increase that's going to be happening over the next couple of years um, yeah. to the stock market. I mean, turn five grand into 15. I think that that would be smart. Um, but history shows that most people aren't going to do that. They're going to go buy upgrades for their house or whatever big yeah. ticket items they can buy. So, I mean, it's, it's, I also wonder is, is the mindset to help out the economy or, I mean, we do have an election coming up and typically if you give people money, I mean, you're, you're essentially going to get some votes because you make people happy. And so I wonder, I wonder what, what the intention is. And, and like I said, the adverse effects down the road. They got to drive GDP. I think that's the biggest thing. There has to be GDP, um, and that comes from the velocity of money. And so, the biggest thing that can't happen is that nobody spends it at all. Um, and I think that's going to be what has the most detrimental effect. And we've already kind of seen that happen with the $1,200 stimulus. It's people were holding on to that money uh, or using it very, very frugally. And I think that. That is the problem. I think that if people have money in their pockets and are less concerned about finances, that's when the velocity of money increases, in turn increasing GDP. And so there has to be a way that we can figure out how to uh, coax people into spending their money again and not just holding on to it. And I think that right now the solution is give people as many different options to pick up some money to spend as possible. Um, but yeah, it, there's a bubble forming of, you know, we continue to hold on to this money. It becomes, it, it starts to be worth less, like you mentioned. So I think it, there's definitely a risk of a running there. Yeah. And I think, uh, we're seeing that first step got to open up so that people can actually spend their money. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Exactly. You no, know, it'd be interesting because a lot of Americans like we talked about aren't necessarily willing to get back to it. But, uh, I know we opened officially in Arizona yesterday and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. Yep, only time will tell. So on to our next story, Pepsi. They have launched two new uh, direct-to-consumer websites um, where you can buy their Pepsi products, which is a lot more than the soda. I mean, you got Fritos. I, I don't know how many total products they have, but it's well over uh, 20, um, I believe. And so they're kind of trying to go direct-to-consumer cons rather than paying for rent within uh shopping areas. I mean, what are your thoughts on them going more direct to consumer rather than being in grocery stores? Uh, do you think it's a good move or? There's two things to consider here. The first thing is, I mean, Lululemon did a really good job with this. When they went um, wholesale, they realized they had to cut their margins in half and they know that they could sell a product to their own audience for 60 bucks, that they were only making about 25, 30 bucks off a retailer. And so they really doubled down on, hey, let's create our own internal distribution and we'll double up our profits 
little did they know that they had to have this kind of volume uh, of ordering in order to maintain those um, those costs to manufacture. And so I think that we'll see a similar thing happen. I mean, if if Pepsi tries to oust the vendors that they use and create their own distribution where you're buying these products through them, then, um, you know, in the short term, maybe they'll make more money off the same products. But honestly, they have to be considering the risk of, I don't want to just buy freaking chips or I don't want to <laughs> just buy a couple of bottles of soda. And then I have to do one more thing to go to the grocery store to get everything else. Like I'm just going to get it all in one place. And so personally, I'm not a fan of it. And if they're going to drop the cost on the website so it's lower than the cost in the stores, I just think they're running a big risk of uh, people um, having negative perceptions related to this. So I, I think it's I'm against it because I think that, you know, Americans want to get everything in one fell swoop. They don't want to have more shit happen and more things they have to do. And so uh, this will be an opportunity for them to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> save time. And, and that, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Are you uh, are you as against it as I am? Nope, not at all. I think uh, it's a smart move. I mean, they'll still be in, in uh, grocery stores, so people want to buy that way. That's great. But they're also coming out with a way to um, order. Basically, you can say, I want this every two weeks. And so now, now you don't even have to think about it. It's just coming right to your doorstep. Now you're spending less time in uh, grocery stores, which if there's one thing that all human beings have in common, it's they want more time in the day. And so if you can set up a way where you're going to save money and time, I think that's a huge win for consumers. And I think more and more people are going to get uh, to the point where they are buying online and even to where it's not even really buying online because they're not having to go back and, and order everything again. It's just all automated and, and gets shipped directly to them. So How I think uh, they're going to be a trendsetter for sure. How much overhead is that going to add, though? You know, like now you have to have this whole distribution network that's going directly to people's houses like Amazon does as, oppo as opposed to what they're doing now, which they're uh, going from the bottlers or, or the warehouses where they're, they're um, making the food to just one place. And so I think that, you know, the overhead is going to be increased exponentially. Uh, they're going to be processing many more transactions, which is going to increase uh, that side of it, the bandwidth, the, the marketing, um, to educate people that this exists. I think in the short term, uh, you can you can burn a lot of money off of the hope that people decide that this is what they want to do. Well, I guess only time will tell. So on to our, on to our next, next uh, topic, Peloton. They've seen huge growth with uh, the coronavirus going on, 66% increase in revenue. Um, over the last year, um, which equates to about $560 million. They have pumped the brakes on all marketing, and uh, they think that word of mouth is going to get them going uh, as we move forward. I personally think it's not a good idea. I mean, keep riding that wave. If, if uh, you know people are loving it, put, throw some fire on there, and that's what the marketing comes in. I mean, they're going to be – granted, gyms are closed right now. They're about to open up, so I mean – that demand is going to go by the wayside. People are going to want to go out. And I think they're going to see less demand here shortly, which uh, they'll need some marketing to keep uh, top of mind. So I, I think it's a bad long-term long play. In the short term, sure, it saves on uh, some overhead, um, but I don't think it helps the brand in the long term. Um, but what are your thoughts? Go for it, Peloton. I look at this <laughs> and I think that they have such deep uh, penetration with their market right now that people are so aware of it. Uh, and the exercise market 
as a whole is not the target market they're going after. They know who they're going after, and they've done an amazing job of distributing their messaging to them. They need There's an arms race right now for the next amazing product for home workouts. I see there is a lot of competition, a lot of cool hardware that's coming out. Pour that money into R&D, stay ahead of the curve, continue to be known for having the best products. If they pour all their money into marketing to try to make money in the short term and sell as many units of this product as possible, you know, it's going to be a blockbuster situation. They're not going to innovate. They're going to stay where they're at. And companies like Nordic Track and others are going to crush them. So because of their differentiation, because of their already established consumer base of deep penetrated market, I think that they need to just make a better product and continue to innovate and be world class in what they're good at. Um, so yeah, save the money on marketing right now. People are wanting to work out at home. They're going to seek out the solution. Yeah, I mean, I hear you on that, but I mean, just like everything, it's balance. Uh, I, I think maybe you can scale back on the marketing to allow, <coughs> excuse me, um, some reallocation of dollars over to R&D or, or product development, but I, I think it's all about diversification. I mean, if you pull back completely, people aren't going to see the brand. Um, I mean, saw them on commercials all the time, and that's what kept them top of brand and sparked the word of mouth and got the word of mouth going. I mean, hey, did you see that crazy commercial that they just had? Um I mean, they had a bunch of controversy not too long ago with their commercials, so it, it sparked word right. of mouth. And so, sure, word of mouth is very strong and the, probably the best form of marketing, but if you don't have anything to give people to talk about, you're not going to have that. And so I think it's a, it's a well-balanced approach is what's going to win. I don't think pumping the brakes entirely is, uh, is going to set them up for long-term success. Well, they've had a they've had a really, and this is a great case study for businesses that are lacking on um, marketing dollars. Not that they're lacking on marketing dollars at Peloton, but they have created such amazing distribution off of hiring these workout trainers to be on the courses and lead the classes. They have their own audiences. They've taken this whole social media word of mouth establish personal brands and use those distribution channels to help better and facilitate their brand. And so I think it's an amazing play. It's saving them way more money on marketing than paying for TV spots or whatever else. And so, uh, you know, great case study for anybody out there that's trying to market, but maybe is uh, bottlenecked by uh, costs and um, availability, uh, competition, whatever it may be. Find people that are evangelists of your brand that have their own audiences and use their audiences through distribution of your product. I think it's a really smart move what they've done. Yeah. Well, once again, I think we agree to disagree and only time will tell on uh, um, whether this move is deemed a success or uh, maybe the detriment to the future of the brand. Well, you know, I'll tell you one thing that has been a success, Avantage. If you guys haven't checked out Avantage.com, uh, it's a great place where you can find other business owners that are looking to trade excess capacity. Right now, a lot of people aren't going into stores. There's a lot of excess capacity. What better way if you need to get your taxes done, if you need to get uh, some legal advice, if you need to get a uh, triple P uh, loan submitted, you know, there are people on Avantage that can help you to do just that. And if you try them out, you get $150 of free credits you know, that, that'll get you a massage or a nail appointment or whatever it is just off of signing up. So check out Avantage.com. Check it out. Uh, if, especially if you're an Arizona business owner, it's a great place to be. Uh, but yeah, uh, outside of that, I, I had fun. I think uh, a lot of interesting stories here, a lot of uh, things changing and happening right now. What a time to be alive. 
Uh, Dustin, do you have anything you want to add before we get out of here? No, this was uh, definitely fun to go through. Lots of, I mean, as you mentioned, there's just a lot of a lot of moving parts going on right now. A lot of innovation, a lot of uh, creativity. Um, I mean, we'll just continue to to dig out the best stories and deliver them every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, thank you guys for being with us again. You're watching the Non Corporate Network. This is fill in the blank. My name is Chaz Vandemeyer. Dustin Trout. I almost said my name is Dustin Trout. I was like, <laughs> I almost said my name is Chaz. <laughs> you know, uh, well, thank you guys for being here again. Submit your stories, submit your questions. We want to help you to navigate this space. It can be very overwhelming with all the things happening. I know hopefully this isn't causing you anxiety. It's helping you to stay informed. But, uh, you know, this is a crazy time for business owners. So best of luck to you guys. Get out there, get after it, get hustling. And uh, we'll be back on Friday with more stories. Uh, but with that, see you next time. See you next time.